This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing our tips on how to stay healthy while you are traveling, since we ourselves will need these tips as we are traveling to Chicago this week for Windy City Line Dance Mania. We are very, very excited. Yes, we are. All right. First article, 21 tips to stay healthy on your long-haul flight by airtravelgenius.com. When you really think about it, flying is perhaps not the healthiest of activities. You find yourself sitting in a cramped metal tube with hundreds of other passengers suspended some 30,000 feet in the air. Whilst breathing in semi-recirculated air, you are exposed to an atmosphere of low oxygen, low humidity, and an increased risk from pathogens such as bacteria and viruses. On top of this, you can spend hours not moving at all whilst consuming an unhealthy cocktail of processed food, alcohol, caffeine, and sugar. And as you pass through multiple time zones, your body clock gets turned upside down. After 12 hours in the air, you feel like you've gone 12 rounds with a peak Mike Tyson. This is the reality for millions of air passengers around the world. In this article, we will give 21 tips to help keep you in better shape when flying long haul and try to reduce your risk of falling ill during travel. Preparation Planning Your Flight Choosing the right flight time and aircraft type can make a big difference on a trip. Number 1. Fly Convenient Hours When planning your trip, think about flying at the most convenient time possible. 4 a.m. departures or arrivals can be very tiring indeed. Sometimes comfort needs to be prioritized, even if that means spending a little bit extra on the flight. We've had good experiences with red eyes, so I I don't know what to say about this. I think sometimes saving money is worth it, because that's how you get to the event in the first place. And if you can sleep through the flight... Bonus, if it's a long flight to the East Coast for any of the JC Productions events, which are definitely worth the trip, you're going to want to be knocked out for a good portion of that because you can only do so many things from your seat or in the aisles. Yeah. Um, When it comes to like booking flights, I first and foremost look at what time I want to arrive. And generally speaking, I want to arrive before the event starts because I don't want to miss anything. So that tends to be um, my biggest deciding factor when booking flights. After that, then it comes to like cost and you know comfort and that kind of um, variables. I take those into consideration. But first and foremost, it's what time has the best flight time for me to arrive at my destination, which means flying from San Francisco to Vegas, I can take a much, much later flight than flying from San Francisco to say Chicago or Orlando. I need to have a lot more time considering there is time zones that you travel through. So it pushes the clock further back, even though you only have like a four hour flight or five hour flight or something like that. It ends up being much longer across the t- the actual clock itself, which is why I actually prefer the late night red eye type flights when going across the country because of that fact. Um, I do know that when we've traveled in the past, um, I really, really enjoyed a couple different things. One, when we got to Colorado a day early, because then it really didn't matter what time we left because we were still there the day early. So we kind of got to pick which flight we wanted. Just like um, Chicago, we're getting there a day early. So it didn't really matter for us as crucial as if we were leaving Thursday and getting there on Thursday since we're getting there on, on Wednesday. Um, I was very, very fortunate in planning my trip two years ago, or I guess a year ago and a year and a half ago when I went from, uh, San Francisco to Colorado and then Colorado to Florida. I took a couple extra days off from work and I stayed in Colorado 
And so I got to kind of like decompress a little bit after the event and then continue across the time zones in the same direction. So instead of jumping, you know, the three or four hours, it was only like an extra hour or two, which was nice. Unfortunately for you, you had to go back and work. So you had the go back and forth and back and forth bit. But um, I very, very much like my very late, late night flights. I love anything after, I'm going to say like 9, 9.30, honestly. I love those flights. Um, I like being able to sleep on the flight when you're taking nice, comfortable airlines. And that is what I will be taking from here on out because I had had my fill of budget airlines that end up costing me more than if I was just to be smart and plan ahead. That is, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned work. That is another very important thing to consider with convenience. It might seem like certain flights are cheaper at face value, just the ticket cost when they interfere with work and you think, well, that's fine. I'll just take the time off. But uh, for me, for example, I have gig work. I do um, you know, appearances at, uh, at senior communities where I sing and play guitar and instead of having a several hour work day for every day of the week of the month um, that you know has lower lower pay per hour, it all gets chunked mostly Monday through Wednesday, and as we know, events tend to be on the weekend, so it was worth it for me to come home and do those days of work and I, I consider that when i 'm booking you know, future flights as well is I think, well, how how little, how, how much uh, work can I not miss? Like how little work can I miss? Um, so that I get there early and, you know, maybe do more interviews, maybe socialize, maybe choreograph before the event even starts, go out to dinner, things like that. Um, because I don't want to miss work and I, I'd like to, to maximize the time that I, I have with people. Uh, so if I can find it in that sweet spot, then that's ideal. Another thing to consider is hotels, because the sooner you land, the sooner you need somewhere to sleep. So if you have somewhere that's free, great. If you don't, then an earlier flight that seems cheaper also doesn't have factored in the cost of the hotel when you land. If you have to land a day earlier than the event even starts, then that can add another seventy, eighty, hundred dollars depending where you're staying. So if you're only saving, if you're lucky, most places are hundred and twenty. Yeah. If if you're only saving you know, sixty bucks on your flight by coming a day earlier, but you spend more than that on the hotel, then that might be another thing to consider. Like again, these things seem just because the ticket is lower, like they're cheaper, but you add in things like opportunity cost of missed work and then additional costs of a, another day you'll need the rental car, another day of hotel, and uh, you know it all equates out to whatever is really convenient. Another thing to consider. Um, maybe they'll say something about it, is layovers. I personally like the flight to just be over. I like to get on, fly, and then get there, and that's it. But it may be good for some people who have special dietary needs to take the layover because they might have more diet options once they're in the airport. Uh, it might actually be cheaper depending where you are. Like I remember Portland was very reasonable. They had like outside the airport normal restaurant prices yeah, uh, they have a, a law. I think Amy was telling us that they're, the airport is not allowed to charge more than what the state charges or something like that, which is nice because we all know how several airports like to jack up their prices. And if you're on the plane for six hours or eight hours, you get desperate and hungry. And if the provided meal isn't enough, then you start spending and spending on the in-flight options. So then it might actually be worth it to just land, load up on whatever inexpensive hotel or not hotel airport food you can find, and then not buy anything on the second leg of the flight. It also might prevent a stroke if you get to walk around or dance a little bit in between. Number two, fly new generation aircraft. Airliners are able to cruise at altitudes significantly higher than the summit of Mount Everest. When you are up at altitude, the atmospheric pressure becomes much lower. So, for passenger comfort aircraft, cabins need to be pressurized. Not to ground level, but usually at an altitude equivalent range of between 5,000 and 8,000 feet. 1,500 to 2,400 meters. The latest generation of aircraft, Airbus A380, Boeing 787, and Airbus A350 have cabin pressure altitudes at the lower end of that scale. 
If available on your flight route, then think about flying on one of these new aircraft types. As well as mitigating altitude effects, they have considerably quieter engines, and many passengers feel more comfortable on board. I find that the newer ones tend to have a few more bells and whistles as well. Things on the back of the seat like USB outlets, maybe uh, in-flight entertainment. Um, Plugs to charge your phone mm, or electronics. Outlets, yeah. yeah. Um, I tend to find that the seats are a little bit more like... I guess lack of a term, aerodynamic <laughs> for how your body is actually... Oh, like ergonomic. Ergonomic, thank you. I was like, that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, so that you're not like sitting straight up um, as if you were, you know, sitting up against a wall for six hours. Um, and they have a little bit more space typically in front of you as well. Number three. Fly premium, if possible. If you can afford it or have a stash of frequent flyer miles, then flying first or business class will give you more comfort and space on a long flight. However, some premium travelers have an attitude or have, have an attitude to gorge on food and alcohol to maximize the business class experience. If you want to stay healthy, that's probably not the best way to go. One of these days, I will definitely fly the first class uh, leg section of the aircraft um i believe that will probably be one of those trips that i take overseas that's going to require a longer flight yeah i'll get the most out of it that way all right new section just before flying number four healthy habits before flying the key to staying healthy throughout your trip is to support your immune system with a healthy diet exercise and high quality supplements before you travel Stay well hydrated in the two days prior to travel by drinking plenty of water. Always try to get a good night's sleep the day before you fly. At bedtime, put a drop of lavender oil on your temple or pillow, which may help you relax. You should also get some exercise before a long flight, preferably outdoors rather than in the gym. Go for a walk and get some fresh air and sunshine, weather permitting of course, which will give your vitamin D levels a boost. You have a very cool water bottle with a little special thing for supplements, do you not? Um, well, actually, I have a couple different, a couple different water bottles. I have a water bottle that allows the tea infuse, fusion. I unfortunately haven't been able to use that as of late, seeing as um, I'm caffeine free and I'm very particular about my teas. Um, now that the weather is changing, though, that I might actually go and get some more tea that is uh, caffeine caffeine free. Um, I also have. The uh, blender bottle that on the bottom allows for little locking containers that you can add different supplements into. And I've seen it advertised where you can add the powders that are like the protein powders or the meal replacements or that kind of thing where you can put vitamins in them. You can put like little snack, like little trail mix or something like that in those and have them all like stacked together, which is really nice. And it's a locking mechanism so they just kind of lock twist and lock right in there and then you have everything right there so it's really nice and then it's the blender bottle so it has the little blender ball in it as well so you can mix it up too i can't say we've always been the best about getting the good night's sleep portion of this this little paragraph uh however we actually have been consistently i would say uh getting exercise on the way to the gate in the form of a light jog (laughs) because we leave late at least we get on the plane. Which, which reminds me, our 10 o'clock flight, we may consider leaving at 6 o'clock here because of traffic on Wednesday morning. It'll be brutal. It'll be, it'll be quite brutal. <laughs> All right, number five. Choose the best seat. It may be possible to pre-purchase an extra legroom seat before flying. Otherwise, in the hours leading up to the flight, choose a moment to get your online check-in done and select your seat. You may want to research the best airline seat options for your class of travel. I think generally we just find whatever's nearest to the front with two seats together, preferably one of them being window, one of them being middle. Typically speaking, yeah, we try and get the whichever's left by the time we've booked our flight. It is always the closest to the front and then the two window middle seat situation. Yeah, because I know how much you like the window seat. Back in the day when I used to take more regular trips to Southern California, JetBlue had planes with exits in the back as well so you would 
on the tarmac. You wouldn't even like you know pull up to one of those big tube things that they put next to the door. Uh, on the tarmac, they would roll up a flight of stairs to the front and to the back. So you would just depart either the front or the back down the steps and then you know walk through Long Beach Airport. Uh, so in those cases, I would actually look for seats near the back because a lot of people didn't know that it was going to be that convenient for them to just take off. Yeah. So depending on where your event is, that may be an option. Number six, stay relaxed at the airport. Get to the airport in good t- <laughs> in good time. Remain calm during the check-in and security procedures. Once airside, do try to take a walk around the terminal to stretch your legs immediately prior to flying. Don't forget to keep any essential medication with your hand luggage rather than in checked bags. So, my one tip that they haven't discussed yet, and I don't think they will, because it's kind of hard, because not all airports have them, and only certain terminals may have them. Fortunately, a lot of, I I believe in our particular case, flying SFO, it's going to be the higher end companies, not Spirit and Frontier. Um, If there is a canine unit through check-in, just know it's going to go fast. I love when the canine unit is working because you don't have to take off your shoes. You don't take off your belt. You don't have to like take out your laptop and everything under the sun. You leave everything in your bag. And so you don't have to worry about it, which is really, really nice. And we've gotten there where we're like, oh no, look at the line. Then we see the dog. We're like, yes, this is going to go fast. I love it. Um, We actually prefer not to check our bags. Um, we have certainly mastered the small suitcase. You have an actual suitcase that's designed to go under your seat. I unfortunately am very much a girl and I have multiple outfits for multiple days. So I have at least two outfits per day. So I take up more space. So I have, th- I have to use the overhead bin. Um, but with that said, we still get all of our luggage in very small bags and we don't have to take time checking the bags, which is, you know, you. I found out the one time we tried to check a bag, I think at Southwest, that you have to be there like almost an hour earlier to check the bag. Otherwise, it may or may not make your flight. And, um, you know, it's like, so that's inconvenient. And then you have to wait for the bag on the other end. And if you have a layover, that's even worse because depending on how, you know, on time either flight is... It, it may get lost in the shuffle. Um, so I like knowing that all of my stuff is with me on the plane, above me, below me, whatever, you know, accessible immediately if I need anything. Um, I know that when we fly together and we drive together, we tend to cut it closer than when we go separately. For some reason, when we go separately, you and I get to the airport with typically a pretty good amount of time. I think there was one time where I was like, dude, where are you? I haven't seen you. I haven't heard from you. I am on the plane. They are boarding. They are calling last call. Please tell me you have gotten to the airport. Um, But unfortunately, you didn't have like reception or whatever for your phone. So it wasn't working. And then all of a sudden, I see you walk on the plane. I'm like, oh, good. He made the flight. (laughs) Um, But I know like for me, I like to leave as soon as possible and get there as soon as possible so that I don't have to worry. I am not a fan of running to the gate. I hate running to the gate. I used to run in soccer. I don't want to run anymore. That's why I dance. (laughs) That's where I get my exercise. So... I try and get there with as much time to get to the gate as possible. Also, you have little legs, so you have to take more steps when you run than me. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know how many times I'm like, wait for me. I have little legs. (laughs) There's been many a times where you've grabbed my bag and ran ahead and said, like, she's coming. She's right there. (laughs) Um, I do know, however, when we do arrive closer to the departing time than recommended, um... We also don't always rush because we know that there's going to be a line to the gate, from the gate down the loader, and then even on the plane as well. So we don't always rush. I think there was the one time I remember running to the flight 
honestly running was when we had the layover that that was like they actually asked people who don't have a layover to stay seated so that the people who do have a layover had a chance to get to their next flight and we it cut it so close because there was like there was a delay in the flight and then we got stuck on the tarmac because of a lightning storm and so it was even further delayed so then by the time we got to where we were supposed to be we literally had minutes to to run from one end of the airport to the other i remember that flight was supposed to be full too but once we sat down it looked like there were a lot of empty seats yeah exactly everyone made it no hardly anybody made it so so yeah um that was totally besides, I mean, we're here. We are supposed to be talking about staying relaxed at the airport. <laughs> um, oh, you know, one thing um, I would not recommend, of course, because I, I love my under under the seat bag. But, you know, for the gamblers out there, uh, if when you book your flight, you notice that there aren't many seats left, it's probably going to end up being a full flight on those kinds of flights. If you bring a bag and. You know, they say, oh, we're sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this is a full flight. If anyone would like to volunteer to have their bags checked, well, there you go. You get a free checked bag. But I wouldn't recommend that because what if that doesn't happen? Then you get to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I know that, like, when we go to the airport, we have our, because we've done traveling so much at this point, we have our little things that we do. Um, you know, we always bring an empty water bottle type thing so that we can fill up once we get through security we always have some like little snacks and whatnot so that it can you know um we can nibble on some food when we don't have to deal with um airport food i tend to bring us i have one scarf uh that can actually turn it's so large that it can turn into a blanket um i've brought that a couple times i know to keep myself warm and I know I bought us the neck pillows so that they can nice and relaxed. And I know we've laid down before while waiting for flights, layovers and whatnot. Yeah, because, I mean, in theory, you only use it once on the way to the destination and once on the way back. But you do, I mean, find yourself napping at the airport and then you're really glad you have a pillow. Yeah. Um, you know, we bring our music. We bring a ton of printed out step sheets because we love to learn dances and it's optimum time when you're waiting even just, you know, 20 minutes to, you know, the three hours, depending on how bad your delay is. Um, it's a perfect opportunity to go over dances and learn things. I have a couple different puzzle games that I have on my phone. Um, I actually, ahead of time, because not all flights have Wi-Fi. Now, more and more getting Wi-Fi, but not all flights have Wi-Fi anymore or yet. So I actually will go on YouTube and Netflix and download certain movies so that if I want to watch a movie for some reason, like I'm awake on a red eye and I need something um, I have that on there. I have a couple of my um, my books online, like my Kindle and Nook kind of things. Um, I also have a couple downloaded audiobooks so that I can listen to the books um, out of the internet. And it's all stuff that allows me to just kind of like enjoy my time and, you know, the technology age that we are. Um, I use it to my fullest benefits as possible. I definitely charge my phone the night before and I charge it on the way to the airport. I charge it at the airport. I, if I have the opportunity to charge it on the plane, I will keep it plugged in on the plane as well just because I'd rather have it charged than not. Um, and I, ha I also have a couple extra, which they might actually sit. Yeah, because the next section is during the flight. Um, I have a couple different things where I have um, calming music. So like meditation style music that I, I use. I actually also listen to uh, two different particular individuals who do um, like three to ten minute motivational kind of speeches um, that really get me prepped for making the most out of each and every event. So I use those as well. I guess along with 
staying relaxed and you know, thinking ahead and being prepared. Uh, another another thing to consider when booking the flight is not waiting till the last possible flight because if something happens to your flight, then you're missing part of the event when you get bumped to the next one. If you book early enough, then you might be asked, you know, if, if it's overbooked, you might be asked to take the next flight and still get to the event on time and have a $300 voucher toward the flight of your choice in the future. This happened to us with like a, a bump leading to another bump and we're just racking in these bonuses. It's like, hey, we got nowhere to be. <laughs> we're on our way home. So, I mean, yes, we're going to miss work, but we were going to miss work anyway. So might as well you know, have it, have it pay in some way. So if you have that option, if you have the ability to not miss too much work and not pay too much at a hotel, you may end up like in a, in a way, you know, profiting from being one of those volunteers and getting your flight bumped later. Um, also every packing experience is an opportunity to learn for the next time. When you come home and see how many things you didn't use, don't pack those things next time. You probably won't need them. And then you will have a lighter bag, so that's less to carry and less to pull on your arm when you're walking around the airport. And more room for other things. Maybe you will have room for bringing snacks for your friends when you get to see them at the event. Um, and speaking of snacks, I've noticed that on flights we tend to start craving like saltier things. And dehydrated. yes, dehydrated and fluids are a scarcer resource. Whereas when we're on road trips, we tend to be a little more like sitting and lethargic and then sweets look really good like gummy bears and you know, sugary drinks. So something to think about for people, uh, you know, when trying to predict what they need for different trips, road, you might want sweet flight. You might want salty. Yeah. It's also why they recommend you hydrating two days prior so that um, it takes time to get the hydration into your system and keep it into your system, which is why they recommend the two days. They also recommend that when starting before you start working out for the first time or whatever is to prep yourself by having water in your body already so that you're not as dehydrated. It's better for your muscles. Also, if you're a bodybuilder, you probably know this already, but you'll need a constant stream of protein throughout the day. So if your flight is going to be longer than three hours and you don't get to have a meal at either end of it, then definitely be sure to pack whatever protein you need, even if it's just you know a bar or two or you know some powder to add to a to water. Uh, you know, keep your keep your muscles fed during the flight. Number seven. Board last. Yay! If flying long haul, be one of the last people to board in order to minimize the time you actually spend on the aircraft. We do that. We don't like to stand around on the plane. We want everyone to get their stuff packed where they need, and we just walk right on, bring our bags, put them under the seat. We're good. Pretty much. <clears throat> Number eight, comfy clothing. Wear loose-fitting clothing made from natural, breathable fibers and dressing layers so that you can adjust to the varying temperature. Loosen shoes on longer flights as ankles normally swell up a little. We would probably advise against taking off shoes and walking around in socks. So, Chris, what is this about layers that I might be uh, referencing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Please. Um, like when you have to bring extra clothes and they don't all fit in your suitcase. That is one of the drawbacks of having an underseat bag is... If you are at a longer event like, say, Vegas Dance Explosion. Now, with that, we have Southwest. So, you know, you can, you, you can bring more items on more bags and check them for free. Um, but if you have a long event and you don't have uh, one of those flights that gives you lots of overhead access, then one way to maximize space in your bag is to not put as many clothes in them. How do you do that? You wear many layers of pants, many layers of shirts, and if you have any vests, those go on top. Everything all at once. <laughs> yes. Um, fortunately, we have since upgraded, and that doesn't happen as often. Um, I am actually a big, big fan of layers because I never know how hot or cold I will be when it comes to flying. Um, generally speaking, when I think I'm going to be one, I'll be the opposite. So I just like to plan with layers. Um, as for the shoes, I have uh, slip-on like Tom knockoffs from Target that I use. Um, they're very, very comfortable. I used to 
um, fly in flip-flops, but then my feet would get cold. So I have since changed that. Um, I will occasionally, even though they say they don't recommend it, I will occasionally take off my shoes and just set my feet on top of my shoes. Um, and then obviously if I get up to use the bathroom or walk around or something like that, I'll put my shoes back on because they are slip on shoes. Um, because I definitely notice like the swelling when we're in flight and my feet are very, very sensitive to that kind of situation. Um, and when your feet hurt, you're not a happy camper. Especially as a dancer. <laughs> Especially as a dancer. Yeah, exactly. So, um... I'm definitely that. I actually already have my outfit planned for travel on Wednesday. I picked it out today, which is Monday. So I set it aside, one, so that I know it's clean, so that I don't wear it between now and then, and two, so that I don't pack it by accident. It's on my desk in my room, and I have, like, almost everything except my shoes because my shoes I'm currently wearing. And, you know, it's like... I have everything just set right there so that as soon as I get up, I can just throw on my clothes. And it's just, it's a nice pair of jeans that I like to wear. Um, a nice comfy shirt. I have, I'll probably be wearing my SSU hoodie sweatshirt um, just because it's, it's big enough to keep me comfy and warm, but it's also small enough that it actually fits so that I don't get the extra breeze in it. Um, and like I said, I have that scarf as well that I typically bring. So it's all it's all planned out already. Would you like to read this next one or shall I? Oh, you Number nine. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Once on board, rule number one is to keep hydrated. Plane cabins can be very dry with humidity levels well under 20%, roughly equivalent to a tropical desert. Dehydration causes your mucous membranes to dry out, which will make you more prone to bacteria and viruses. If possible, bring your own water on board, either by purchasing at the terminal or bringing an empty bottle through security and refilling at an airport water fountain. Do not fill from taps in airplane toilets, as there is a risk of E. coli and other nasties being present in the aircraft's water tanks. Try to drink water regularly throughout the flight, ideally about one liter every four hours. That's about a glass every hour. Avoid any drinks that can dehydrate you. That means no carbonated sodas, no alcohol, and no caffeine, parentheses coffee and black tea. If you desperately need a caffeine shot, then try green tea instead. Woohoo! Go me! <laughs> Yay. Um, considering I can't have most of that. Uh, so, definitely, like I said, we bring our own water bottles. We fill up after... Um, after we get through security, one thing I do know that we both ask for almost anywhere, um, it's very seldom that we even forget to ask, is no ice. One, ice is, it makes it colder. Um, so one, we, we say very commonly it just slows us down, which is true because you don't want to drink cold, cold water as fast. It actually shocks your system more and you don't get hydrated the way you would if it's, a you know, cool water to room temperature kind of, um, de uh, temperature degrees. But, um, I know generally speaking, I don't touch alcohol on flights cause that just sounds scary to me. Um, I haven't had caffeine since January, so there's that. And then most of the carbonated sodas have high fructose corn syrup, and I try and avoid that as much as humanly possible. So most of the time, I'm lucky, and I get to have orange juice and water. One thing I like to bring with me when I don't know what the water is going to be like on the other end is little flavor squirts. Uh, this even applied to the place that I was uh, living previously where uh, the tap was... I mean, I know it's Sonoma County water, but I think there was something in the pipes that just made it not taste good, which was unfortunate because I, I like the idea of being hydrated. So since it was probably okay, like it wasn't... It didn't seem unhealthy. There was nothing floating in it. I would just sometimes add some kind of flavor to it, like one of those little Mio's or something where you just give a little squirt and then... It tastes like whatever it's supposed to taste like, fruit punch, blue raspberry, whatever. Uh, that also applies to if you're at a hotel and they have those big jugs of water in the back. You know, they, they taste however they would taste locally. 
and they're not putting like premium arrowhead whatever water in it so um you know sometimes sometimes you're lucky sometimes you're not and sometimes you drink fruit punch (laughs) number 10 drink herbal tea consider bringing your own herbal tea bags on board and asking the flight attendant for some hot water i do that when i want tea because i'm again no caffeine Better still, bring an empty thermos flask and fill up at an airport cafe before flying. Fennel tea and peppermint tea are good for digestion. Red bush, ruibos tea, is good for circulation. Chamomile tea will help you rest and relax. I can vouch for that one. Do be aware that some countries, such as Australia, have strict import regulations, so it may not be possible to bring unused tea bags through customs. Good to know. Definitely one of the things we've been asking people lately is about traveling across the pond and the differences with customs and what they can and can't bring. I haven't had a good chamomile in a while. I should probably get a a new supply from Trader Joe's because I remember I used to pack some of those. Uh, That plus melatonin really helps. Number 11, moisturize. Keep your face moisturized by using a mist sprayer or perhaps coconut oil, jojoba oil, or a high-quality natural face cream. Lip balm can also keep lips moist. If you have sinus issues, then bring a nasal saline spray. Remember, liquids are allowed on board if in containers of less than 100 milliliters. I use lip scents and Senegin's products, and I swear by their lip balm, and I swear by their the different um, moisturizing face creams that they have. I love them to pieces. Interesting. I don't typically think about moisturizing, but I, when I am um, in, in a bathroom, I typically I'll splash my face with water uh, and then just pat dry. Number 12, eat lightly on board. Don't overeat and avoid any sugary and starchy foods. If you are not keen on processed airline meals, which often contain additives and preservatives, then bring your own food, or at least some fresh fruit. Alternatively, eat a light, healthy meal on the ground before the flight. Avoid junk food or any foods that give you gas, such as beans, beans the musical fruit, corn, chickpeas, cabbage, lentils, or onions. In the air, bodily gases expand by a third, and the digestion process slows down. That's good to know. I know we've we've stopped and done the unhealthy fast food on the way there before. Yeah, I should really get better about the the snacky thing because I know Trader Joe's will pre-pack mixtures of things like uh, almonds, cashews, walnuts, and then some different berry types, uh, and then maybe some seeds. You could probably even do some dried fruits too. Yeah, Yeah, I enjoy dried fruit. Number 13, fast in the air. Consider fasting during the flight if you are worried about jet lag at your destination. It is thought that not eating on board can override your natural circadian body clock by delaying the onset of sleep. In addition, by not having to digest a meal, the body's immune system remains more active. We know a few regular business travelers who swear by fasting on long-haul flights. This is dangerous for me, because when I am hungry, I get cranky. True story as opposed to me who just gets lethargic. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think... I mean, I can see not, like, overeating for us, but I don't think, like, fasting would be the way to go for either of us, honestly. Um, Even if it's just, like, eating the bag of peanuts or something that they give us. Yeah. Number 14. Move during the flight. During the flight, walk up and down the aisle at least once every hour if you can. Getting an aisle seat will make this more convenient. Most airlines have a range of exercises to follow, which can help your blood circulation. Check the in-flight magazine or entertainment system to find them. Beneficial exercises including include lifting your calves, rotating your ankles, tensing and relaxing various muscles, and doing gentle stretches. Try not to cross your legs for prolonged periods. As I sit here with my legs crossed, I am guilty, very guilty of the legs crossed thing, which I know cuts off circulation, which is why I'm always shifting back and forth. Um... I've recently read more and more looking into these articles about moving during the flight, and it was something I was considering on our next longer flight, trying out and see if it helps at all. We can go on either ends of the aisle, um, front and back, and do a contradance until the air marshal tells us to sit down. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that might be an interesting sight for people to see. Or if we're on our way to India, they might all just join in, and we could make it like a Bollywood number. That'd be awesome. 
Rock some baby shark. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, Shane. Yep. <laughs> Number 15, flight stockings. You may also choose to wear special compression stockings to further reduce your chance of developing deep vein thrombosis, DVT, and blood clots. Yeah, blood clots are like one of those silent killers. Just sitting, sitting and sitting, you don't think that anything bad can happen. You think you're avoiding the dangerous things that happen around you, but really, you might be encouraging a blood clot to form and kill you. True, yeah. I hadn't thought about like the compression stuff before reading a lot of these articles because it didn't, it never occurred to me. But it's one of those things where I was like, hmm, I wonder if it would be more comfortable or less comfortable. You know, I actually have a single pair of calf high socks that somebody gave me. And I don't know what kind of health benefits they give me compared to my other ones that stop like mid calf because these go all the way up to like the back of my knee. But they give my leg a nice hug, and I appreciate that. (laughs) feels cozy <laughs> number 16 keep hands clean wash your hands and fingernails regularly with soap and water consider also using an antiseptic sanitizer gel natural brands without chemicals are available try to avoid any unwashed hand contact with your mouth nose and eyes i've also heard that while you're washing your hands it's a good idea to wash your wrists because you touch them more than you think yes um i actually this is an interesting little tip. Um, I will actually wash, for the most part, about halfway down my forearm. And that's that's even, that's, okay, how do I word that? That's not as far as I used to wash. I used to wash all the way down to my elbows. And the reason why I used to wash all the way down to my elbows was because I was trained in surgical scrubbing for vet technician and you wash all the way down to your elbows. I also was trained with that same thing is how to dry your hands. A lot of people will just take like the paper towels and it doesn't matter which side I use one side per hand, which is also why generally, unfortunately I do use two towels from the dispensing machine. Um, but I'll lean it up against one side, pat it down, and lean it up against the other side and pat it down so that neither surfaces touch each other. Um, and it's one of those things that because of the surgical scrubbing, I tend to wash my hands, like I said, halfway between my wrist and my elbows um, at least two, if not three times a day. Turns out there was more to this one, and I just didn't read the rest of it. Be aware that bugs and bacteria are present on many surfaces in an aircraft where people regularly touch. This obviously includes the toilet and toilet door handles, but also seats, armrests, seat trays, seat pockets, entertainment screens and controls, in-flight magazines, etc. It could even include the airline blankets and pillows which are wrapped in plastic. Use a paper towel or tissue to turn off taps and open door handles after using the toilet. Some people may want to bring antibacterial wipes to clean surfaces around their seats. You could consider bringing your own lightweight blanket and pillow. If you are on, this isn't in the article, if you are on the window seat, uh, or if you are in the window seat, take a careful look at that window and look for any smears or anything greasy or anything that looks like someone's face was on it recently. You might want to clean that because we don't know what fluid that is. That could be out of their nose or their mouth or their eyeballs or their ears. You don't want it on you, I would assume. Also, uh, I recommend looking at a video. I, I, I watched this a while back on, it's like a TED Talk, How to Wash Your Hands. And uh, the way that I do it, that I've learned from there, is to, after you rinse um, and, and do the soap and water and you're you know, starting to dry off, shake your hands, like give, give a firm jerk uh, and whip your fingers toward the sink. I think it's 12 times. They have like, specified a specific number. Um, if I don't do it at the sink, then one of the little things I'll do is shake toward um, the paper towel that's sticking out of the dispenser and I'll just shake until nothing is significantly hitting it anymore and then I'll use that paper towel and what they recommend is to bend the paper towel in half and squeeze around your fingers so you're not wiping, you're squeezing so it'll all absorb into the paper towel right? and then um, and then you would use the other side for the other hand. So I, I recommend checking that out. Did you have something to say about the additional paragraphs? Yeah, I bought Lysol wipes for our next trip. Yay. <laughs> Way to think. 
Number 17, turn on the air vent. I always do this. People infected with colds and viruses can spread germs on the plane, particularly around neighboring seats. To help deflect germs, turn on the overhead air vents to a medium flow and point the air to just in front of your face. Wearing a surgical mask to prevent infection is also possible. This is quite a common sight in Asia, although you might look a bit odd on a Ryanair flight in Europe. Yeah, um, I always, first thing I do is turn on the the air vent. It's it, I almost do that before I even buckle in my seat just so that it's right there. Number 18, reduce motion sickness. If you suffer from motion sickness, then book a window seat near the wing and avoid the back of the plane. Try taking some ginger, either ginger root or another form such as crystallized ginger, ginger supplements, or ginger tea. Don't forget customs laws at your destination, though. So, yes, I definitely actually avoid anything from the wing back if I can help it because of this fact. Um, I do, I've tried the ginger before. It does work somewhat. Um, I have taken Dramamine or there's another brand and I can't think of it right now that you can take as well. Um, There's also a little tip. If you use the pregnancy nausea bracelets so it's the anti-nausea bracelets they go around both your wrists and they hit the pressure point on your wrist it's actually helpful as well to reduce motion sickness number 19 radiation issues Flying will give you exposure to slightly higher levels of solar and cosmic radiation than normal. Solar radiation effects can be reduced somewhat by flying at night and wearing a tinfoil hat I added the tinfoil hat bit. <laughs> a more controversial issue is the use of body scanner machines at airports. Some commentators and experts regard them as unsafe. If you are concerned, consider your legal right in some countries to opt out and get a manual pat-down search. This is possible in the U.S. and the U.K., but not in Australia. Finally, the long-term health effects of Wi-Fi is not well known at this point. Most airlines have onboard Wi-Fi as standard these days. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this particular section of the article, unfortunately. Tinfoil hats, man. Number 20 of 21. Perfectly timed with our background guests. Help your ears. During the descent, the rapid increase in air pressure can be painful for your ears. Help keep your eustachian tubes open by swallowing, sucking a sweet, yawning, or chewing gum. Or use the well-known Valsalva maneuver by pinching your nose and blowing gently through it while closed. I typically don't have this problem. I I do occasionally, but um, for me, it's the yawning. Or I, I love mints. I bring mints on the flight all the time or hard candies. I generally stick with mints, though. I get the... The Lifesaver mints that come in their own little package, and I use those a lot so that, one, it helps keep fresh breath on long flights, and two, it helps with that same swallowing, yawning, chewing kind of um, situation when you're having issue with the air pressure. And last but not least on this article, we have On Arrival, number 21, Healthy Habits Post-Flight. In the hours after arrival, make sure to go outside for a walk in fresh air. Some also swear by grounding their bare feet against a natural surface, like sand or grass for a while. This can help reduce inflammation and infuses you with beneficial negative ions. At the end of your post-flight arrival day, prioritize on getting a good night's sleep. Don't forget that hotel rooms are also a haven of bacteria. So take appropriate precautions there as well. Following some of the above tips will hopefully ensure that you have a healthy flight. Note, article is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice or instruction. Always consult your doctor or qualified health professional on any health matters. Also, if you are bursting into your hotel room to make sure there are no bugs, bugs. run straight to the bathroom and flick on the light and see what scurries away. This is John Robinson's patented technique. Yes. Um... I like the idea of after arriving, taking the walk in the fresh air or like going somewhere nature-esque so that your body can, you know, get readjusted. 
Um, generally speaking, we make our way to the shuttle and the shuttle makes its way to the hotel and then we are in the hotel and we don't leave the hotel until we leave the event. So, um, it's definitely something to consider in our next, uh, event as well as, um, I definitely am glad we're getting there a day early because I'm hoping to get a really good night's rest before the event itself starts. And hopefully we'll have some uh, good tips that we can apply. Well, since we've been sitting for an hour, I think this is a great time for a stretch break. So let's take a moment and really get those muscles moved. We'll be right back. And we are back. So now we will add on to our information about the airport and airport-related health with six expert tips on how to eat healthy at the airport by Margaret Ulrich on Brit.co. We've mastered exercising on vacation with easy travel workouts and our fave in-flight yoga routine. But when we have to travel for work or life, most of our good eating habits get checked at the ticket counter, along with our perfectly packed luggage. Since traveling to wellness destinations is growing in popularity, we're sharing wisdom from the founder of wellness travel tour company, Bravasa, Lyndon Schaefer, on how to stay healthy while flying the friendly skies. Follow these six tips to arrive at your yoga retreat or business meeting feeling your best. Number one, prep with gut nourishment. We know that making good eating decisions throughout the day starts with that crucial first one. So we should begin every trip with foods that boost our inner ecology and help us digest the rest of the foods we eat throughout the day. Lyndon recommends foods such as miso soup, yogurt, or bananas to help keep the gut healthy and happy. She also advises, if you're traveling internationally and planning to try out the local cuisine, start taking daily probiotics a week before your trip to avoid getting a grumbly tummy. I definitely recommend the probiotics as well. Um, Working in the pharmacy and everything like that, it's certainly something that we recommend to many, many of our guests. Um, I like the idea of prepping a couple days ahead of time and really just getting the nourishment in your system so your body has something to work with. Um, I would love to start eating healthier the morning of my flights. That would be a good uh, that would be a good start. I need to learn how to make a quality breakfast burrito because I enjoy those on occasion and I'll spend upwards of 8 to 10 dollars at SFO just to eat one. Wouldn't you agree? Number two, step away from the salad bar. Yes. Oh, and before I I move too far on from number one, uh, I would like to, I would like to stress one word that Line Dance podcast devotees will recognize as being important to me, and that is kombucha, (laughs) because I like to say kombucha, kombucha. Number two. Step away from the salad bar. Sometimes the salad bar seems like the only healthy option, but Lyndon warns against it. While a buffet of veggies might look tasty, you never know how long the food has been sitting there, or if the utensils are properly cleaned. Eating from a germ-filled salad bar could make you sick, either stomach-wise or with a cold. Instead, order a salad to be made and delivered to your table. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still on the kombucha. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I'm generally not a fan of the salad bar at airports and whatnot. Um, for the reason that I have no idea how long things have been sitting, I generally avoid the salad bars in general at most places. Um, I would much rather get a pre-packed, sealed salad and than make my own. Um, I know one of the things that we've done before, granted, not at the actual airport, but we've grabbed like the bag of lettuce and the salad dressing and any kind of extra ingredient we want to add and just dumped everything into the bag so that we know that it's sealed. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a walk away from the buffet line because you, you have no idea what's, how long that's been sitting. Pro tip from having gone to Sizzler as a kid on occasion, if you are thinking about getting the Malibu chicken, which is chicken with cheese on top, and you don't want to order the Malibu chicken, you want more options, you can get the chicken dinosaurs from the salad bar and cover them in 
macaroni and cheese, or if that's not available, nacho cheese, also from the salad bar. And it tastes just as good, if not better. Number three. I'm pretty sure I did the same thing as a child. Yeah, was it the dinosaurs, too? <laughs> it's the dinosaurs. It's always the dinosaurs. Number three, slow down. Mindful eating is a huge component in allowing our bodies to effectively digest our food. While we sometimes can't help having a tight connection, you shouldn't rush through your meal. Sit down and slowly and mindfully chew your food. If you're perpetually cutting it close to boarding time, take your food on the plane for a more relaxed meal. We definitely do that. We'll buy food and we'll hardly touch it until we've sat down and gotten comfortable on the flight. Number four, skip airplane food. As delicious as the options are of chicken or fish, parentheses, not, it's best to skip them altogether. Pravasa recommends its clients pack their own snacks to avoid the sodium-filled airline foods. Another option is the popularized fasting trick where you allow your body to rest and recover instead of packing it full of non-nutritious substances. Yeah, I know uh, we've packed uh, string cheese before. That's one of our cheats. I know that much because it's small and compact and you can eat them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Number five, get plenty of sleep. When we're sleep deprived and in an unfamiliar place, it's easy to reach for comfort foods like muffins, a slice of pizza or chocolate for a quick boost of energy. Instead, get a good night's sleep and eat a healthy breakfast, parentheses, my own burrito, to set yourself up for good eating habits throughout your travel day. We'll take any expert advice that encourages more sleepy time. Just the burrito? You don't want kombucha? <laughs> kombucha <Kombucharito. laughs> oh, That sounds terrible. Never give me one. <laughs> um, yes, as we've said many a times, we are not as good at this as we should be. We'll work on that. I'm sure we'll have we'll have time to sleep once we're, you know, wealthy and successful and have all kinds of leisure time for such things. I'll stick with my I'll sleep when I'm dead. There's that too. Number six. Oh, you know, another another thing to consider would be we can sleep after we've learned all the dances we want to learn. <laughs> so never. <laughs> exactly. Number six, use healthy apps. Since Pravasa is worldwide, they've got the lowdown on finding healthy restaurants anywhere. They recommend downloading the Happy Cow app, an international guide to over 40,000 vegetarian and vegan restaurants, which covers you for long layovers and growling bellies at your final destination. That seems a lot like an advertisement. How do you stay healthy when you travel? Share your secrets with us at... Brit and Co. At symbol Brit and Co. I'm not so sure about the healthy cow thing. But I do know when I'm at events, I use Uber Eats for sure. Because one, hotel food can be very, very expensive. And two, a lot of times Uber Eats allows you to really pick your meals. And then they bring the meal to you which means you can get the healthier food options than just settling for what is immediately available to you. Um, Do you have the workout app on your phone as well? Oh, which one? <laughs> I have a couple. <laughs> Favorite. Um, I do have my workout app on my phone. I also have a meal slash calorie tracker on my phone. I have been really bad at not using it lately, but I do have one. And I did use it at one point um, so that it tracks like what I'm eating and how much I'm eating and everything um, along with the workout. And like I said, Uber Eats. I also have a workout on, uh, app on my phone and I have strongly considered using it. <laughs> the thumbnail is a guy with like huge pecs and a six pack. One of these days uh, he will intimidate me less and I'll open that app. <laughs> See, I use Jillian Michaels and she intimidates me to the point where I have to open it because it's like she's going to hurt me if I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, we have two days now until we are in the air, I guess. Well, actually, no, we'll be landing uh, in under two days. We have like a day and a half and then we will be on our flight. Do you have any final thoughts heading into this Windy City Line Dance Mania? So some of the things that I actually decided this trip that I'm going to do 
is stuff like um, I bought the Lysol wipes so that we can wipe down the area around us. I prepped by getting my flu shot. I've been taking my daily vitamins lately. Um, I wish I could say I've been getting more sleep. I've, in fact, actually been getting less sleep than normal because I'm doing all the final last minute things in my life because I'm taking off, you know, four or five days. And so I have to prepare myself for that so that when I come back, I still have money to uh, pay for bills and whatnot. Um, I'm also am planning on getting a pedicure tomorrow night before our flight to pamper my feet before all the dancing. Uh, my prevention is going to be if someone sneezes, I'll duck. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Lion Dance. <laughs> Throw a breakfast burrito at him. <laughs> yeah. Put a little kombucha on them for a little slip, and then I can make my, my getaway. <laughs> this has been Lion Dance Podcast with Christopher Gonzalez and... Megan Barcelia. Until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.